Hello and welcome to the Standing for Truth Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Donnie Bedinsky, and together we will venture on a journey to explore the truth of biblical creation. Our ministry is also available on YouTube, so please search Standing for Truth and get access to the video versions of our programs. I'm Donnie Bedinsky, and as usual, stay awesome and trust in the truth of God's Word. All right, it looks like we are live, and I want to welcome everybody to Standing for Truth. My name is Donnie B, and I am your host for this session in our 2022 Defending Genesis Conference. This is day five and session nine of this comprehensive conference on all things creation versus evolution. It has been a fun week, maybe even too much fun, I must admit. I've had several uh, full cups of evolutionist tears this week. So there we go. Best way to start your day. And uh, definitely because I've got my brother, Matt Powell here, the man, the myth, the legend the evolutionist destroyer himself, who's got a fantastic presentation uh, full of slides for us. So it is a blessing and a privilege. Uh, Matt, how you doing, brother? Thanks for being here. Hey, doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, good to be here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Matt, why don't we um, kind of just hand it over to you for a little bit about yourself or anybody who's not familiar with who you are, and, and then we'll get into the presentation. Go ahead. Sounds good. So I run a channel just called Matt Powell Official. Um, on there, cover a plethora of different topics. Um, one of the main thrusts of the channel is creation versus evolution. And it seems like in America today and even across the world, people have been deceived into believing in Darwinian evolution and that we literally evolved from fish. I mean, just the hokiest ideas that you can ever imagine that people that are supposed skeptics will believe in. And so I just like to kind of demonstrate that uh, these people have no idea what they're talking about, and because they're targeting the youth of America, they're targeting everybody in, in the church, and they're just trying to get people to deny the facts of God's word. And so, uh, and then I also uh, do some pranks and stuff as well, um, and also just some standard Christian content. So if that's your sort of thing, feel free to go over there and subscribe. Check it out. Awesome. I appreciate that. Great introduction. Uh, you have been a blessing, brother. You're doing great work. And I love the way you mix it up. You know, you have a balance, right? Uh, that which is serious, the origins debate, but also some humor mixed in with, with those awesome prank videos that I highly recommend. So laughter is the best medicine and you do a fantastic job. So to the audience, if you're not yet subscribed to uh, Brother Matt Powell here, please do so. Uh, you've also had several debates, haven't you, Matt? I know you've had a few here uh, with Dr. Kenny Rhodes. You had one recently with David Emery. That was a fantastic debate. Um, how many have you had roughly so far? I think total I've had either eight or nine debates. Yeah. Uh, debated the Raging Atheist, the YFN Atheist, Mr. Jones, 1972. These are all people you can look up uh, and you can see that their side has no credibility whatsoever and they just fall apart. And they just they, they can't defend their position because it's impossible to defend evolution, honestly. It, it's a tough task when, when they're leaders, right? They're apostles of their science fiction religion like P.Z. Myers literally say that we are still fish 
or Professor Dave says that we're related to strawberries and we evolved from sponges. <laughs> so it's a tough, it's a tough position to, to defend. So with that being said, Matt, I'm just going to hand it over to you. I'm really looking forward to your presentation. You always give us great presentations. So Matt, the floor is yours, brother. And thanks again for being here. Thank you so much. I also want to say thank you to Team Standing for Truth and all the work that you guys have actually been doing because you guys have made a tremendous positive impact on the internet. Occasionally, I'll go through the comment section of your videos and I see people that were atheists that watched your channel and became Christian, got saved, started going to church. And so this, this sort of content that is created on Team Standing for Truth that you guys are putting out is just making a strong impact. And, it's, uh, and, and the, the cool thing is that you guys are just getting started. And so um, with that being said, um, you know, the Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we should be knowledgeable on things like creation versus evolution. We should know our side and we should know the evolutionist side better than the evolutionists actually know their side so that we can easily defeat them in the realms of debate because they've gone around for years on the Internet mocking Christians, making fun of ignorant Christians that don't really know that much. And so I think our job in 2022 is to counter that. And I think that uh, Team Standing for Truth has done that well. And I think that we can all contribute to this. I think we can all stand up for the truth. Um, let's just kind of compare the two models. Let's compare the creation model to the evolutionist model. And let's see which one best represents reality, which one uh, makes the best novel testable predictions even. Predictions of things that we don't know for sure, but we're going to predict them and see if they actually come to pass. And so um, the, the first premise is, the beginning of life, the beginning of time, space, and matter. Where did everything come from? And the creationist would say that God created the world, and the evolutionist would say that everything popped into existence from nothing. Now, here's the thing. Somebody creating something out of nothing requires power and intelligence. But nobody creating something out of nothing, that requires magic and superstition to believe something that crazy. And if somebody actually thinks that the Big Bang cosmological model has any credit, they need to take a close examination of the scientific method and examine it. And, and, and they have even admitted we can't repeat it in the laboratory. So it's not true. And even NASA said that the Big Bang theory, even though it's widely accepted, it will probably never be proven. So the next time some atheist says we prove the Big Bang, show them this. It will probably never be proven. And they admit here, they say, consequentially, this leaves people with a number of tough and unanswered questions. So there's a lot of unanswered questions on their side. It's easy to go with the facts. It's easy to go with the truth of, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Not in the beginning, you know, 13.7 billion years ago, a infinitesimally uh, small dot just out of nowhere just exploded and created time, space, and nature. I mean, either God created the world or the world created itself. Either everything came into existence via intelligent design or everything just poofed here via magic. So, of course, they want to make it out like we don't know what we're talking about as Christians. Like we're just so superstitious for believing the Bible. But yet they will buy into the most superstitious ideas that have ever been invented by the minds of man. I think that, you know, saying that the universe came from nothing and there was no cause associated with that. That is primitive superstition by definition. It is unbelievable what unbelievers will believe to remain unbelievers. Look, we can't create granite rock on purpose. We've tried. So something we cannot do with all of our highest grades of technology, 
creating granite rock, just this one simple group of elements, somehow came into existence on its own by chance and just poofed itself into existence. What if I said a giant boulder popped into existence in the middle of this room? Nobody would believe me. They'd say, you're crazy. But yet people today think that the entire universe popped into existence uncaused from nothing. Whatever caused the existence of time, space, and nature, by definition, would have had to have been outside of time, space, and nature. In order to create time, whatever created it had to have existed outside of it and been timeless. Whatever created space had to be able to operate outside of space to therefore be able to bring space into existence. This is just basic common sense. Anybody that says anything otherwise does not know what they're talking about. And in order for whatever this cause that created the universe to bring matter into existence had to have been, by definition, outside of matter. You have timeless, spaceless, and immaterial being, <clears throat> being that existed outside of time, space, and matter. That is, by definition, the God of the Bible. So when people say, oh, it's so superstitious to believe in a God, they have no idea what they're talking about. They, they don't understand just basic reality. So it's either magic or God. And so I'm just going to say that we can conclude that God created the world, okay? The world did not create itself. And then our claim as creationists, as biblical literalists, is that God created life on the land. But according to evolution, according to atheism, according to chemical evolution, uh, it states that the first half of the organic molecules may have formed within tiny droplets. And they say that all scientists agree that the creation of life involved water. Now, here's the problem with that. Type in sometime, how does DNA get destroyed? Just type it in. It brings up a scientific paper that says that DNA is vulnerable, breaks down in sunlight and in water. What was this RNA world like? Sunlight and water. The very thing that destroys DNA, somehow they think assembled DNA molecules. Every time I bring this up in a debate with them, they just sit there stunned because they have never even considered this. They have no idea what they're talking about. And they just sit there stunned. And then at the end of the debate, when they realize that they've lost, they start lighting joints and they start drinking alcohol because that will put them back into the fantasy land that they've wanted to live in all along without God. So yeah, you know, you bring this up to them, they're completely clueless about it. Um, so here's the thing, life could not have begun on the water, okay, in the water. You know, and even David Embry said, life didn't start on the rocks, it started in the pond. Well, here's the thing, David, if life started in the pond, it would require some sort of intelligence, which is why everybody's going to panspermia now, saying that we are seated here by aliens, because there's no way that something that destroys DNA is going to assemble RNA which is pre-DNA, okay? It's just crazy. So God was right when the Bible says that the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. See, that's powerful. That's true. That's something that we know to be the facts, the fact of, of the origin of life because life did not begin in the water. Therefore, the Bible was right. And the Bible says that God created life on the land. But if you type in, where did life come from? Google tells you it rained down in the ocean. It's ridiculous, Okay. We believe life was designed by God. Let's test their model, okay? Let's see if their model is truly falsifiable, which it is. You owe your life to rock. Type that in. Brings up a paper called You Owe Your Life to Rock. And the title, the, the way that the paper starts out is Thank Goodness for Granite. So not, don't thank God for life. Thank your granite grandfather rock. I mean, this is just the most superstitious stuff. And of course... The atheists always say, we don't believe we came from rocks. That's a straw man. 
I was at Arizona State University and I asked even some of the professors there, do you believe that life started from rocks? I said, yes, absolutely. Rocks were very critical in the origin of life. We descended from rocks. I have them on video saying that. So when R and Ron, all these uh, creepers get online and say, well, nobody believes that life started from a rock, Matt. That's a straw man. Check this out. This is a scientific paper, Genesis, rocks, minerals, the geochemical origins of life. Look at it. I have it highlighted here. It says rocks and minerals must have played a key role in virtually every phase of life's emergence. The theory is that granite rock, you know, the rock that we can't create, somehow created itself. It was rained on for two million years. Uh, heavy chemical elements were eroded out of the rock, and then we evolved from those heavy chemical elements. Sorry, that means that we were conceived from rocks, according to their theory. They say, oh, that sounds superstitious. Yeah, it definitely does. Rare meteorite that fell on a UK driveway may contain ingredients for life. They're trying to say that life started from rocks. That is what they are saying. So that is false. They say, well, your God breathed on some dust, and then therefore you guys came from a rock too. Wait a second. For somebody to take clay and make a human out of it, that requires power and intelligence. For the clay to just make a human out of itself requires magic and superstition. Once again, you're dealing with a crowd of people that believe in magic. When you deal with an atheist, remember that you're dealing with somebody that will buy into anything. They will believe anything that is false. They will believe anything but the facts. We believe that dinosaurs lived recently. We have biological proof of that. To say that soft tissue and blood cells that we have discovered of dinosaurs has been sitting in the ground and not deteriorated for millions of years is a lie. It did not die out millions of years ago. This species of dinosaurs, the T-Rex, lived in the recent past, and so did all the other dinosaurs, because young Earth creation science is true. It is objectively verifiable. We can actually do a test in real time and show you that creation science is true. In real time. So when people say that it's a fraud, they, they don't know what they're talking about. We find C14 inside of dinosaur bones. Blood, C14, collagen, histones. We even find skin pigments. You can't tell me that this stuff lasted for 65 plus million years. Dinosaurs died recently. This is a fact of science, period. It is the strongest model. And, you know, we, we build falsifiable models. Sure, certain things can be falsified, but facts are not falsifiable. We build our model around the facts of scripture. Okay, the fact is dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago. We can build models around that, just like there are different models for the, the flood of Noah. The flood is a fact. But we build models to try and explain how it happened. And those are indeed falsifiable. We do make falsifiable, testable predictions, novel testable predictions. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Mark Armitage, obviously everybody knows he was fired from the university that he worked for. He took him to court and won because he discovered dinosaur soft tissue and they fired him for it. He won in court. Proved that they fired him for finding just dinosaur soft tissue in a triceratops horn. So again, we're continuously finding these things. We just find DNA inside of dinosaurs. Um, you know, this is just great proof. Now, let's talk for a minute about the flood of Noah. And Donnie, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to throw in here? Oh, you're doing a great job, brother. I was just telling the audience, you're a fantastic presenter, uh, very well-spoken, and I'm really enjoying this, brother. So keep up the, the great work. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, so... Basically, these dots that you see on the screen all represent uh, dinosaur graves, right? 
These aren't just dinosaurs singular. They're, they're plural, graves, plural, of dinosaurs. Each dot represents that. And they're all kind of in the center of the United States, as you can see there. And there was a catastrophe that took place in the recent past that left soft tissue and, and soft materials behind that has been pre preserved in a lot of these graves that you see here. And these dinosaurs were actually buried in sediment with volcanism included. And it was 100, or excuse me, it was 1 million square miles of dinosaurs that was buried here in the center of the United States. Let me ask you a question, folks. What would cause 1 million square miles of dinosaurs to be catastrophically buried and preserved in the center of the United States? Do you realize how far the center of the United States is from the ocean? Even back supposedly 65 million years ago, it was still very far from the ocean. Those waves would have had to have compassed over entire states before it was the United States and encompassed the entire United States to be able to bury those dinosaurs. If you have a, wa if you have a wave of water that's coming over even just a state, that is by definition globally catastrophic. The global flood is a fact of science. There are a lot of things that I accept by faith, but the flood of Noah is something that I accept by fact as well. Faith and fact, and you should put your faith in the facts, okay? Don't just believe things blindly for no reason and hold to it against all reason like evolutionists and atheists do. In one of these graveyards, we find 10,000 adult myosaur. Guess what? They had zero young with them. They had ran for their lives. They left their young behind and they were buried together in the center of the United States. They were running for their lives and they all died in the death pose, many of them. A lot of the fossils are disarticulated because the flood just completely disarticulated and, and just destroyed everything. But some of these are preserved very well and they died in a suffocation position and they died choking on the mud that buried them. Okay, so again, this is something that cannot be answered using a uniformitarianistic assumption of slow and gradual uh, changes in plates uh, in the earth of fingernail growth pace movements. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that people actually believe what they believe sometimes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to be rude to them when I say that. I would love to help people. And, and you know, we have helped a lot of people. I think that, you know, working as a team, Donnie, been able to help reach some minds that are, that are confused. And, and, and we want to be friends with them. And we want to take them in and help them learn the Bible and learn the truth about these things and that they were lied to. But I think that the most important thing is that people realize that evolution and atheism, it's all based on false assumptions. And evolution itself is based on failed predictions. Remember, in science, it's about the power to predict. What can I predict with my model that is superior to a prediction that another model could make? But they have failed testable predictions. And so the, even the supposed novel testable predictions, uh, it's nothing impressive by any stretch of the imagination. But for sake of time, I'm not going to get into that. Now, of course, they say, well, the asteroid that struck the Yucatan Peninsula south of the Gulf of Mexico is what killed off the dinosaurs. Keep this in mind. The Yucatan Peninsula is 2,000 miles from the heart of the kill zone where all these dinosaurs were discovered. So that you can't say that an asteroid that struck 2,000 miles away is what's responsible for their death. Unless, of course, that asteroid struck, cracked the Earth, caused catastrophic plate tectonics, which we know is a fact of the past, and then sent waves of volcanism 
and water across the, uh, the, um, the ocean and buried these dinosaurs. That is plausible for sure. So maybe they're right. Maybe this asteroid is responsible for it, but they're denying the blatant evidence. The blatant evidence is that they were buried in water by catastrophism with sediment. Now, we find bent rock layers. Again, to claim that snail pace movements, I want you to think about this. They teach in evolutionary geology, teach that snail pace movements of the plates are what slowly created these mountains. But these are bent rock layers that have no fractures, very little fractures, and they're bent perfectly. You cannot bend hard rock, except for under heat and just the right amount of pressure. But you'd have to heat up all these rocks simultaneously and have them be the same temperature, or at least a decent temperature to be able to be folded, and then fold them simultaneously. Rocks don't just heat themselves up. As far as I know, they pretty much sit there cold. And if you step on that hard rock, or if you put any pressure on that hard rock as it is cold, it is going to shatter, okay? Mountains wouldn't even exist if deep time were true because gravity causes everything to erode flat over time. This shows us that mountains were either A, created, or B, came into existence via the flood. They could not have uh, slowly been created because they would have eroded as they're being created by gravity. But people today actually think that snail pace movements of the plates somehow is slowly creating these mountain ranges of these perfectly bent rock layers. So chemical composition analysts have taken uh, some of the chemical composition from the top, the bottom, and the middle layers of some of these rocks, of this one specifically, Dr. Snelling, I believe, did that, and sent them into a lab. They all came back. They were the same chemical composition. That means that they were all laid down in one event. This is another way to cross-reference this. There are so many hundreds of ways that we can cross-reference this. And it's not based on assumptions. It's based on what we know to be true. Like I said, you, you can see these beautiful bent mount rock, uh, mountains of rock. They were sedimentary and they solidified as plate tectonics and rapid movements of the plates, continental sprint took place and put these things where they are today. Again, if people disagree with me on this, they're, they're not disagreeing with me. They're disagreeing with a scientific fact. You know, it's not like I just want to believe this. It's because I'm compelled by reason to believe the truth. I'm compelled by what the Bible says, which is to pursue truth, to believe the truth, to believe what the facts are. And these are what these are facts. <laughs> Identical amounts of C14 inside of coal seams across the world. C14 only lasts 50,000 years before it becomes undetectable. The half-life is, I think, 5,730 years. And so these bottom deposits should have no trace of C14 in them, yet they're loaded with C14. That means that all of these layers that you see are the same age. They were laid down in the recent past because there's C14 inside of them. So even assuming carbon dating to be true. You know, they say, what about carbon dating? If carbon dating's true, if it's accurate, it proves creationism. So no matter how they shuffle their deck of cards, it will not and cannot go their way. These gigantic coal seams. How are you going to get these gigantic coal seams? Well, you get vegetation that is smashed together under heat and pressure, which is something that we predict in the flood because there's widespread volcanism. The supposed heat problem actually turns out to be, like you said, Donnie, the heat benefit. It is a benefit of the flood. 
It's a problem for young earth creationism. Now, you know what's a problem for evolution? Catastrophic plate tectonics that has shown evidence that is undeniable, such as the crust of the earth being broken up like an eggshell. I'm going to just go to that right now. Um, and I covered this in a video the other day. This is one of the most powerful arguments from geology for Noah's flood and for catastrophic plate tectonics. David Emery and all these other people say that it's false, but we know it to be true and I can show it to be true. And if you can't show it to be false, David Emery and others, you don't know it to be false. When the crust of the earth was broken up like an eggshell, perhaps even by that asteroid that struck the Yucatan Peninsula and catastrophic plate tectonics were going on, we would predict, and we did predict, Dr. Baumgartner predicted that certain of the crust of the earth would be subducted in the mantle and we'd be able to find those remains of the crust of the earth inside of Earth's hot molten mantle. Now, this was a novel testable prediction. It's something we didn't know for a fact until we had for sure looked into the mantle of the earth. Now, when tomography was invented, seismic data scans were invented, we actually scanned the inside of the earth. And guess what we found? Gigantic slabs of 10 mile thick pieces of rock that have subducted themselves 500 plus miles down into Earth's hot molten mantle. Keep, them, keep this in mind. Earth's hot molten mantle is five to 7,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So if slow and gradual plate tectonics of one to two inches per year, these snail pace movements were what subducted these rocks into the mantle of the Earth, they would have been cooked. They would have been melted. They wouldn't have even been detected by the seismic data scans. But yet we find these pieces of oceanic crust that are still the same temperature as the tip of the, uh, the uh, crust of the Earth. That means that they were subducted recently in the past and catastrophically and very quickly, and they could not have been sitting there for millions of years. This is undeniable proof. Somebody even commented the other day, how can someone argue with this? I'll give you an example of what one of them said to me, David Emery, I hate to keep picking on him. I love the guy. But he said, uh, and I don't know if you remember this or not, Donnie, but he goes, well, you have to see, Matt, the, uh, the chemical composition of these rocks is what's keeping them cold down there. Look, it doesn't matter what kind of chemical composition these rocks are made out of. If you put a piece of rock in five to 7,000 degree temperatures, it is going to, by definition of what matter even is, melt and join its neighboring temperatures. So it doesn't matter what chemical composition. I, I, I just almost couldn't believe it. I, I thought to myself, you worked for NASA and you're saying something like this? You know, because NASA, we, we have the dream team of scientists there. I'm not saying he's unintelligent. I actually like David Emery. I think he's a really nice guy. I'd love to see him join us. But I just, you know, it, it's just the evolution cripples the mind. It actually cripples you. It, 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 it cripples your ability to free think. They cry out free thinker all day long, yet evolution is the only theory protected by law in the United States of America. Like I said, these, these cold slabs, you can look them up, you can verify that what I'm saying is true. And like I said, if you're arguing with me, you're arguing with a fact because I'm just repeating what the facts are. And this is lethal. They can never admit to this. They can never admit to this happening in the recent past because if they do, that wipes away the geologic column because the geologic column is based on the idea that we all evolved from sponges and that these layers of the earth, the crust of the earth, all represents different ages. Well, I'm sorry, if catastrophic plate tectonics is true, uniformitarianism is therefore by definition false. 
And if uniformitarianism is false, then that shows us that we could not have evolved from sponge-like or fish-like or ape-like or even um, lizard-like ancestors. It's not possible. And even our genetics shows us that we could not have evolved from chimps. I mean, you talk a lot about the Y chromosome, and I think that your research on it's great. Dr. Rob Carter as well. Uh, these phylogenetic trees that we've created trace back to a single couple, Adam and Eve, which lived in the recent past. Like I said, we can demonstrate creationism. We can show it in real time. Uh, yeah, there's just so many facts. Donnie, is there anything you wanted to chime in on here? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many good points you're making, especially on the cold slabs. It would be like if I were, and I guess I'll give an analogy here because that really is just such a good point. You know, I'm drinking an ice hot coffee. So if I were to put an ice cube in here, okay, and I were to leave the room and my wife were to come back into the room, you know, at, at a time in the future and the ice cube was still in there. Well, obviously, you know, it wasn't sitting there for that long because it hasn't had time to melt. And that's the same thing we see with these massive slabs of cool rock. You know, they haven't assimilated or, or melted, which they should have if, if they were taken down there millions of years ago. So, you know, that point on top of just so many points you're, you're bringing forth, brother, it's just really irrefutable evidence for uh, the biblical creation model. So, uh, yeah, great job, man. I think that... You know, there, there have been some atheists that have tried to respond to it, but they're just like, I'm going to hand wave it. One of them even right. said, I'm just going to hand wave it away. It's like, well, okay, hand wave the facts, you know, because it is a fact of science. Like we've, we've invented technology that can actually see this in real time and verify it to be true, objectively verifiable. So, yeah, amen. I, I think that um, you guys have covered a lot of the novel testable predictions that have been made. And I loved that stream that you did uh, recently <clears throat> with Raw Matt. I've listened to that probably like five times. Very good material. I think we need more of that. Uh, people today have been deceived into thinking that we literally evolved from these chimp-like ancestors. And I think that the best way to debunk the, the whole idea that we evolved from a single-celled organism is to point out that the, the supposed definition that the, the, the supposed uh, mechanism that drives evolution, the mutation, is the very mechanism that kills us. The very mechanism that destroys populations is the very mechanism that they adhere to uh, relying on these beneficial mutations to somehow drive fish to fisherman evolution. And the reason that we know that, uh, that even if there was raining on the earth for millions of years, let's just assume it to be true. 13.7 billion years ago, the world explodes into existence. The planets created themselves uh, through stellar evolution, which you can look up. It's a real thing. It wasn't just invented by Kent Hovind. It's a real thing. Stellar evolution. Look it up. Um, and you can see, uh, let, let's just assume it's true. Like I said, uh, it rained on the rocks for millions of years. And out of this soup comes from the RNA world, some single-celled organisms. If these single-celled organisms reproduced, they're going to only reproduce more mutant versions of themselves. And what happens when you become more mutant? You die. 
So if you're copying, if you're passing on tons of copying errors, which is what mutations are, mistakes, errors when DNA is replicated, and you're replicating, 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 it's only going to cause the deterioration of these first single-celled organisms. So evolution is actually defeated. Chemical evolution is defeated at the fundamental of science. We know it to be false. And they say, oh, well, you're just saying everything just popped into existence. All the plants and animals, that sounds like magic to me. Yeah, it would be magic, but except God did it. So therefore, it's intelligent design and not magic. It would be magic if they just poofed from nowhere with no cause associated with them. But because we believe that God created it, we are holding to a rational position, a verifiable, uh, verifiably true position. So yeah, you know, even us as human beings, we accumulate 100 to 200 more mutations than our parents have had. And when we pass on offspring, if you live far enough, you end up having uh, 100 to 200 mutations that get, gets passed on to them that you don't have. So we are becoming more and more mutants. Natural selection is not seeing these mutations. They're invisible to selection. And we die from mutations. And all mutations must have some effect, even if that effect is vanishingly small. So if you keep pouring in mutations, even neutral mutations, they're only nearly neutral. They have some effect. And if you blindly change uh, uh, the letters and the, um, the information in these genomes, by definition, it's going to make functional genomes dysfunctional. So genetics proves creation to be true. Science, uh, every field of science, cosmology, geology, genetics, biology, even biomimicry. I mean, just every single science field, even reproduction, proves creation. Now, I want to talk just for a moment. Uh, I kind of want to wrap this up with uh, some of the dangerous parts of evolutionary theory and why it's important that we preach against it. People say, well, I can be a theistic evolutionist. Isn't that okay? Here's the thing. Evolution causes people to be racist in their ideologies. Even Charles Darwin, the founder of uh, Darwinism, uh, said, at some future period, as not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. He said, a married man is a poor slave, worse than a, and he uses a, a slur against people of darker shades of skin. You can see it there on the screen. He was a racist. So why would you want to go put the bumper sticker of a racist on your car? unless you're just not educated on it. Hitler, the reason that he murdered millions of people was because of his belief in Darwinism. Darwinism. Like I said, we've shown Darwinism to be false. These guys, Adolf Hitler, Charles Darwin, all of them, Lyle, Huxley, all of them were living in a literal fantasy land. And we know that to be the truth. And not only were they living in a fantasy land, their fanatic ideas, that they had as a result of believing in fish to fisherman evolution is what caused them to do these crazy things. They hated God, they hated Christianity, they hated the God of the Bible. Charles Lyle even said that his goal was to rid the sciences of Moses. The heaviest blow that ever struck humanity was the coming of Christianity. Hitler says our epoch will see, our epoch will certainly see the end of the disease of Christianity. He hated Christianity yet he pretended to be a Christian. People in public schools today are learning that he was a Christian, but he actually believed in evolution, and that's what caused him 
do do what he did. He would actually strap uh, women and children and, and men down on tables, and he would inject blue dye into their eyes because he thought that blue eyes were the most evolved. They would round people up and shoot them just because they thought they were animals. They didn't think they were actually human. Now, this is based in the belief that we are chimps, that we are nothing more than evolved chimps that have evolved a little further than our ancestry. The best thing is to let Christianity die a natural death. A slow death has something comforting about it. There's delusion right there. Hitler was totally delusional. It's so comforting to die slowly. What a crazy thing to say. He says, the dogma of Christianity, it's worn away by the advances of science. He's talking about evolution. Religion will have to make more and more concessions, and gradually the myths crumble. So you know what all the atheists on online have in common with Adolf Hitler? The same ideology. They're just like him. Because they advocate for this theory that Adolf Hitler advocated for, and they're advocating for the mass murderer of unborn babies. They're saying they're just... You know, they're just little fish with gill slits that are going through the stages of evolution. They're not really human. The same thing, mass murder. The Bible says that it's life at conception. But yeah, this was in Hitler's personal journal. So even though he pretended to be a Christian, put on the facade, he was not a Christian. Hitler ordered the execution of over 6 million Jews. The people in the Second World War were subjected to medical experiments again, they were by evolutionists. And even Sir Arthur Keith, who lived at the same time as Hitler, said that Hitler, as I've consistently maintained, is an evolutionist, not a Christian. He's an evolutionist. He has consciously sought to make the practice of Germany conform to evolution. So the reason that Hitler did what he did by targeting the weak, ill, and disabled that you can see here was because he thought, well, they're just too weak. You know, they shouldn't be allowed to live. It's survival of the fittest, don't you know? Natural selection needs to take its, uh, take its toll and need to just do away with the weak people. The Bible says, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak. Be patient toward all men. That's the message that we need, is to be humble and comfort the weak of the world. Help them to survive. When the understanding of the universe has become widespread, the, the Christian doctrine will be convicted of absurdity. This is what Hitler taught. This is what he said in his journal. He hated Christianity. He says, all who are not a good race are chaff, wrote Hitler. He said he wanted to care for the purity of their own blood. He thought that they were the most evolved species. Mussolini also thought that his race, the Italians, were the most evolved. But the Bible says there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. God is ready to forgive. He's ready to just receive you if you receive him. The Bible says, To as many as received him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, which were born. So you can be born into God's family if you believe on the name of the Son of God. But, yeah, they saw the prisoners. You can see this in this, uh, this article here. They saw the prisoners as guinea pigs. They saw Jewish people and people of other nationalities as literal pigs. These are the real racists of the world today, people that advocate for evolution. They may not understand it. They may not even realize it, but they are. And they may not even themselves be racist in their heart towards their brothers and sisters in the flesh, but in their ideology, which is a dangerous ideology, it is racist. 
<laughs> they're, they're, they're adhering to that. This textbook says you are an animal and share a common heritage with earthworms, kids. It's crazy, crazy stuff. German philosopher Erich Fromm observed, if Hitler believed in anything at all, then it was in the laws of evolution, which justified and sanctified his actions and especially his cruelties. The reason that Hitler did what he did, according to multiple sources who lived with him at the time, eyewitness accounts, which are by definition in court, the strongest pieces of evidence, all said that the reason that Hitler did what he did was because he believed in Darwinian evolution. Uh, let me see how much time. Okay. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up here. Uh, but again, people say, I can be a theistic evolutionist, and that's okay. You know, that's fine. I can be a, an inspiring philosophy, a Michael Jones. I can be, you know, one of these, uh, like one of these people that said that uh, biblical creationism isn't true. Here's what it leads to. This is a Christian, a Mormon, who was an evolutionist. He says, the black people of Australia, especially the same race as the African Negro, cannot take in the gospel. All attempts to bring them to the knowledge of God has uh, yet failed utterly. Poor, poor brute beasts in human shape. They must perish off of the face of the earth like brute beasts. Again, he believed in evolution. It's a Mormon, Mormons, uh, and this is a Mormon priest right here. Uh, it says, uh, blacks in this life are denied the priesthood. Again, this is just totally racist. Uh, blacks are not equal of other races. It is the Lord's doing based on his eternal laws of justice. It's ridiculous. When I was a child, I learned, and accurately so, that red, yellow, black, and white, we are all precious in his sight. All of us are of one blood. And if made of one blood, all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth. Okay? But of course... People don't get that today. The Bible says there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And uh, let me see here. Um, there are just so many crazy things. If you're going to still say, well, I believe evolution's true, you got to stoop to the craziest beliefs that you ever could uh, dream up, that anyone could ever dream up. Like our beards literally evolving from punches to the face when we were chimps. That we fought so much and so hard that our beards evolved from face punches. But thus saith the Lord, that's crazy to these people. And they'll laugh at you. But the joke's on them. Think of this. People laugh at you for not smoking a joint with them. I've had people laugh at me, oh, you're no fun but I end up almost laughing at them when they're so high and they're so tipsy that they can't control themselves. They can't even control when they go to the bathroom. It's, it's almost hilarious, but, but they think that, uh, you know, it's so funny that you're not into it. The Bible says, lust when it hath conceived bringeth forth sin, and sin when it is finished bringeth forth death. You get into sin, you start drinking alcohol, that will destroy you. If you do a lot of what these atheists say is just so great and so rational to do, consider the end of their conversation. Look at what happens to them. That's why atheists lead the world in suicide, school shootings, drug abuse, and alcohol abuse. Statistics do not lie. Don't let them bully you, because that's what they'll try to do. Bully you into thinking that, oh, the Bible's wrong. It was a superstitious belief system. 
they have no idea what they're talking about. And bullies in school, the only reason they would bully uh, certain people is because they're insecure themselves. I will not accept creation philosophically because I do not want to believe in God. Therefore, I choose to believe in that which I know is scientifically impossible. Spontaneous generation arriving to evolution, or arising to evolution. That's from George Wald, biochemist. Evolution is unproved and unprovable. We believe it because the only alternative is special creation, and that is unthinkable. And I want to end with this story here. Um, we covered Adolf Hitler. We covered Charles Darwin. Both did not believe in God. Charles Darwin did at one point. Hitler probably did at one point. But they reached a point where they said, there's no God, evolution's true. And if somebody's willing to believe in evolution, they're going to be willing to believe anything. They're going to be willing to believe in any, they'll, they'll be so gullible, but they're so skeptical, right? They're so skeptical that they'll just buy into anything. They're so skeptical that they'll just believe anything that their professor tells them once they've been indoctrinated. We need to teach skeptics how to actually be skeptical. And people say, well, why don't you win, win more of these atheists over with your logic and reason? Because they're illogical. They're unreasonable. They don't, you think that they got there because of reason? They got there because of emotion, because of pain. And look, I want to help them with that. I don't want to just beat them down over that. But you shouldn't let your emotions determine what you believe. You should let fact determine what your behavior is and what, you, what your beliefs are. Not because it sounds nice. People say, Matt, you just want to believe that Bible so bad, don't you, Matt? Does anybody want to believe in hell? I sure don't. But I believe it because I know it to be true. I know it's a place that exists, that people who die without Christ will one day go. It's a terrible, terrible thought. It's not something that I want to believe in. Let's talk about Jim Jones. Jim Jones in the Jonestown Massacre was a terrible, terrible situation. And Jim, you can see here, it says, Jim used religion to try to get people out of the opiate of religion. This is from his wife. Okay, She said, adding to that, that he had slammed the Bible on the table and said, I've got to destroy this paper idol. Jim Jones wanted to destroy the Bible, just like Charles Darwin, just like Adolf Hitler. In a recorded interview, Jones said, I decided, how can I demonstrate my Marxism? Like Karl Marx, the evolutionist as well. The thought was, infiltrate the church. Jim Jones was not a Bible-believing Christian. He decided to infiltrate the church. And he was an atheist. And you know what he said before he murdered 900 plus people? He said, God is dead. God is dead. If he ever was alive, that God of the unknown variety is dead. I became an atheist. It's funny, I play this clip when he says, I became an atheist. I am an atheist. And atheists say, well, he never said that. They'll comment down below. He never said that because they're so skeptical. They've really done the research. They really have watched their YouTube videos to make sure that they're saying the right thing. I can play the video where they're saying, where Jim Jones says, I'm an atheist. He never said that. Again, you know... They don't do the research. That's why they ended up where they ended up, believing a lie, because they did not care for the truth. They did not receive the love of the truth, as the Bible says. He says, I became an atheist. I am an atheist. I recognize only love. 
And we've heard that a million times from the atheist. Oh, I'm so loving now. It's so freeing. I'm so happy that I'm no longer a Christian. It makes me so happy. Happiness should not be what determines what you believe. Again, facts should be what determines what you believe. Does the thought of hell make me happy? No. There's a lot of times where I go to bed depressed, knowing that there's people that are dying without Christ. It's terrible. But I don't believe things based on emotions. We should believe things. Get this, folks. If there's anything that you take from this conference, please understand that you need to believe what is true and what we know to be true. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the Savior. He says, well, you, I recognize only love. Well, you've heard my preaching and you know where I'm at. He says, nobody's going to come out of the sky. Nobody will ever come to save us. There's no heaven up there. We'll have to make heaven down here. But you know how people say, don't drink the Kool-Aid of religion, referencing Jim Jones? They're actually referencing someone who hated religion. They're actually referencing somebody who hated God and saying, well, don't drink the Kool-Aid. They're referencing one of their own, an atheist, a communist, a murderer. Jim Jones said that the worst enemies we've got are preachers. The worst enemies we have is religion and it's churches. That's the worst. Jim Jones thought it logical to declare that there is no God. God is dead. God is dead, he says. And just murder a bunch of people. And proclaim that atheism is true, even to his congregation. It was so sad. It was so sad. But yet people say, don't drink the Kool-Aid of religion, referencing one of their own. It's so brilliant. Not. Not brilliant at all. But this is what Jim Jones said. He said, Satan had the sense to rebel, the good sense to rebel. Jim Jones was a Satanist. Satanists are known to murder people, to sacrifice people. And if somebody is irrational, if somebody's really buying into the craziest belief system, you can expect for them to also buy into Satanism because that is what we have seen happen. I mean, Aaron Ra recently joined the Church of Satan. All these atheists with him just blindly, because they didn't get there through logic, they just blindly said, oh, let's join the Church of Satan. This girl, Emma, joined the Church of Satan. Oh, I think Satan was the best character in the Bible, she says. He was the one who had the sense to rebel against God. It's so wonderful. You know, if I said, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in Jesus, that'd be lying. When they say, I'm a Satanist, but I'm really an atheist, I don't really believe in the devil, I'm just joining hands with a group of people that's known for death, murder, and darkness, they're lying. They actually do believe in Satan, and they are joining forces with him. And it's very sad. There's a lot of these Satanists that you can actually uh, look into. Pazuzu, all of these guys believe in evolution, by the way. And you can determine the source of information how legitimate it is based on what they are willing to believe. If somebody believes in Big Bang cosmology, they're going to be flawed in almost every other area. If somebody believes in Darwinian evolution, they're going to believe things that are really, really, really crazy, like there's more than two genders, okay? It seems like almost every atheist I run, run into believes that. They'll buy into anything, even knowing that it's false. 
Look, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Look, Jesus came to give you life, and more abundantly. But Satanism, atheism, evolution, it's all about murder, death, and grossness. So I kind of want to just end it there. Um, Kip Kinkle, you know, he had, he had committed a school shooting. He said, if there was a God, he wouldn't let me feel the way that I do. He says, there is no God, only hate. Folks, if we take away God, if we take away creation science, if we take away the foundation of the truth, of the word of God, the book of Genesis, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? We cannot take away the foundation. We need to stand firm on the foundation of the word of God and prove to people in every scientific field the truth. And as a creationist, you know, you can't make one mistake or they will blast it all over the internet. They can make mistakes all day in these debates. They can make mistake after mistake, flop after flop after flop. And people just keep believing them. And nobody says anything about it. But as a creationist, you need to learn to be a jack of all trades. Cosmology, geology, biology, zoology, even. All of these fields we should be very, very knowledgeable in. And I think that Donnie and Team Standing for Truth have really done a good job at that. And I want to commend them for their work here tonight. And Donnie, thank you so much for taking the time to have me on. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it. God bless. God bless, brother. Fantastic presentation. Time has flown by and so many good points. I'll touch on a few before we uh, wrap it up. I will uh, remind everybody that this was uh, session nine of our five-day Defending Genesis conference. I want to thank Matt for uh, being willing to uh, participate in, in this important conference. Session 10, we're going to wrap up the conference with, with a debate. So this will be the evolution debate uh, challenge series debate. Is there reasonable evidence for macroevolution? This will be in about an hour and a half. Dr. Dino and uh, David Emery. So if you're not uh, yet caught up on all of these sessions in the Defending Genesis Conference, I have uh, put together a playlist where you can find every single program. Uh, it's been very thorough. We've touched on uh, nearly every single topic. And Matt, one of the last things you said is so true, brother, that, you know, as a creationist, we spend so much time studying so many different topics, genetics, biology, geology, you know, we kind of got to be a, a jack of all trades, like you said. But a lot of these evolutionists, you would agree, they're one trick ponies, right? They say there's no evidence true. for... Uh, you know, creation, and then you present them evidence for creation from genetics, and they say, well, I'm not a geneticist. And then you present them evidence from geology, and they say, well, I'm not a geologist. <laughs> you present them evidence from astronomy, and they say, well, I'm not a, you know, a, a, an astronomer. <laughs> so it's never really good enough for them, is it? So if I may comment on your debate with Gutsig Gibbon, and even Ramat, you know, the, the, one of the main things she's, I'm not a geneticist. I'm not a geneticist. It's like she talks nonstop about genetics. I don't know if you've noticed, <laughs> but nonstop. But I, I just don't have the piece of paper that says that I'm a doctorate in it yet. Look, even the PhDs, I've seen you guys take them down. Even the PhDs, you know, I, it, it's, they don't stand a chance because I think a lot of them know what they're saying is false. 
It's just that they would have to eat a lot of crow to come over to the, the proper side and they'd become unpopular by default. And, and people always say, I heard somebody say the other day about you, that Donnie from Standing for Truth, hey, he's such a he's so full of baloney. He's trying to just become popular. Look, if you wanted to become popular, seriously, and make tons of money, just come out, oh, I no longer believe in God. Now I believe in magic that the world created itself from nothing. You know, just say something stupid. If it's almost like if you say something stupid enough, everybody's just going to eat it right up because we've just got this society of people today <laughs> that just are just enthralled by nonsense. Yeah, I'm going to come out next week with If I really want to be popular, I'll title a video and I'll come out as, you know, Donnie finally believes pine trees and whales are related. You know, just get rid of all my reason. Like you said, Matt, uh, so perfectly, you know, these evolutionists, they didn't come to the conclusion that nothing created everything and single-celled ancestors evolved into whales and humans over time through reason and evidence. You know, that is uh, for a fact. So that was a great point. And yeah, you'll see the, these most militant of evolutionists, like your guts at Gibbons, where they will say things like, you know, she said in her response videos to myself, you know, genetic entropy, it's not real. We're just going to hand wave it away. You know, we're just we're just going to wave it away because they can't deal with the fact. And you talked a little bit about uh, mutation accumulation and the problem of, of genetic degeneration, Matt. And what are your thoughts on this? Here's a question. You know, we constantly hear them say, well, OK, but for the deleterious mutations, you know, th they will build up enough to the point where what, you know, their 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 magical uh, genie natural selection will be able to remove that damage from the equation. You know, what's a, what's a good response to their natural selection did it rescue device? Even if natural selection removes deleterious mutations, which it does in some, in some ways, it does weed certain ones out, select ones that are beneficial for certain environments, but you still have blind changes that are getting accumulated that are invisible to selection. So they're not selectable by definition. They're changing... Right the organism and making it worse by changing functional information blindly, blindly, which means that it is going to, by definition, over generations be dysfunctional. So I believe in change over time, change of allele frequencies, but the direction that we are headed is we are devolving and not evolving. We are deteriorating and not accelerating, accelerating to some greater species. It's just not true. Right, that's a great point. You know, when they say, do you believe in evolution? The first question we like to ask is, well, what do you mean by evolution? If by evolution you mean change over time, our cell phones change over time, biological evolution, you know, changes in allele frequencies and populations over time. Yeah, we're not going to disagree. Okay, change happens. As a matter of fact, change is expected in the biblical creation model based on uh, what you and I like to talk about, brother, you know, created heterozygosity. Uh, we'd expect change, but that change, as you're pointing out, is not vertical changes. It's they're horizontal changes, and generally they are degrading. These mutations accumulate, and that's the whole point. You nailed it, Matt. These effectively neutral mutations, as population geneticists uh, refer to them as, they're unselectable. That's why they're called effectively neutral. So no, selection can't see them. So to invoke selection makes no sense. It actually demonstrates that they don't understand the problem. And, you know, the, the reality is they don't have a mechanism <laughs> to uh, stop this 
inevitable uh, degeneration. So let me get this super chat up here, brother. Um, and then, of course, you want to comment. Uh, Dr. Jay Bundy, so he debated um, Dr. Dino a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic debate. Tons of fun. He says, to be honest, if you present me with evidence outside of my field, I will be like, that's not my field. If you present me uh, evidence within my field, I'll be like, I don't want to talk about works. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> Jay, appreciate your uh, enthusiasm and willingness to engage. Uh, Matt, yeah, go ahead, brother, if you're going to say something. I like Jay Bundy. I think he's awesome. He needs to come visit us at Dinosaur Adventureland. Amen. That's all I got to say about that. Amen. All right. Well, let's do a power round here. I got a couple questions for you, Matt. Again, I appreciate your time. I know how busy you guys are over at uh, Dinosaur Adventureland. So Doki Doki Bible Club asks, Matt, how do you respond to the objection that you believe creation and Christianity only because you were raised that way? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so what I would say is, just because somebody's raised in something doesn't mean that that thing that they were raised in is false. Because when I was when I was actually raised, I was given evolution to study as well. I was given creation and evolution. And at one point in my early years, when I was 11, 12 years old, I really studied creation versus evolution. And I was able to see both sides. And in fact, being raised in a Christian home, we were constantly taught to go out and talk to people about Jesus Christ. And we encountered all of the different belief systems of the major different belief systems that there are so when somebody says you're raised in a christian home so you were sheltered from every other ideology actually no we combated other ideologies and we were able to put them to the test of scripture and see which ones are correct and what doctrine is correct and what doctrine is false and so if you get to see that in real time you know being raised in a christian home is actually a blessing because and now, now there are some Christian homes where they don't encourage their kids to research. The dude is or the dude or girl is just addicted to Call of Duty, Black Ops, you know, uh, and, and they just play a lot of video games. They don't necessarily read their Bible. Yeah, they're going to be deceived and carried about with every wind of doctrine. So of course, a lot of them are going to just say, "Well, I'm no longer a Christian," because they didn't really know what the Bible said to begin with. Once you know what the Bible says, and once you understand the word of God, once you're born into God's family by faith alone in Jesus Christ, it all makes sense. So, yeah, that'd be the best answer that I have on that. Amen. Well said. Well said. You know, like you, I wasn't always a young earth creationist. As a matter of fact, going through school, high school and college, I didn't even know what young earth creation was. And I was stubborn. You know, I remained... Um, in a, a state where I believed in evolution, especially because of my college education. And, you know, eventually I couldn't deny the uh, data against it any longer, specifically with a lot of the arguments you presented, genetic entropy. I mean, it's a reality, face it, you know? And, and what keeps me a confident uh, creationist is the fact that these critics, you know, your best critics, even, you know, they uh, lack sufficient responses, you know, even to some of the lines of evidence you're presenting, like C14 and diamonds. C14 samples that are supposedly millions to billions of years old and their rescue devices, you know, like contamination. You know, Matt, what are your thoughts, brother, when you hear uh, these evolutionists invoke a rescue device for the C14 in, in diamonds and coal and fossilized wood and so on and so forth? And they say, well, you know, those samples um, and that data is not reliable because of contamination. 
What are your thoughts? Diamonds. On that? Yeah. Di well, diamonds themselves are the most compact atomic particles that exist in the world. They cannot be contaminated. They cannot be penetrated. Even with highest grades of technology, we have a hard time being able to break them. So something that cannot be contaminated somehow just contaminated itself with C14. It, you know, again, it's something you'd have to be gullible to believe. You'd have to be taught how, uh, what to think instead of how to think. Because if you think critically just for a moment, you'll realize that it's, it's false. And that diamonds are actually great proof for young Earth creation. C14 can only last up to 50,000 years. They're loaded with it, which means that they're less than 50,000 years old. Now, according to evolution, diamonds are billions of years old. But they contain C14. So, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Amen. Amen. Perfectly said, brother. You know, they don't realize that these labs, Matt, they apply these extremely strict pre-treatment protocols that in involve extremely harsh washings, literally repeated harsh wa uh, washings in strong acids to the point where these acids will dissolve pretty much anything. Okay. So these samples are... Um, subjected to these treatments to the point where only carbon intrinsic to the sam uh, into the sample ends up being in, in the instrument to be measured. So no, this whole argument from contamination doesn't work. And um, it's, it's been repeated. You know, they've sent in a ton of samples uh, from all different locations, different kinds of samples, and we get C14, high levels of C14. Like that's it. Unfortunately, a lot of them, they're willingly ignorant, as you pointed out, brother, like the iron rods of the world. They won't tap out. So unfortunately, they'll maybe talk to more so uninformed creationists and they'll say, well, contamination, even though that's already been addressed. So, uh, you know, great point there. And brother, I want to be cognizant of your time here. So we'll go uh, one more question here. Actually, before this question, Jerome M says, uh, shout out to Matt's surfing monkey shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I want to speak on that for a bit? Yeah. Well, Paul Wittenberger actually got it for me. Um, love this shirt. He designed it too. When I told him about the surfing monkeys theory, uh, he he's like, no, I don't believe it. And then he looked it up. He's like, this is just wild. Who would possibly believe that? And the funniest thing is that when I pointed this out to the atheists, again, because people think they're so logical, you would expect them to be like, oh, man, let me let me think about this. But they didn't. They're like... Oh, surfing monkeys and surfing dinosaurs. Yeah, that's that's perfectly plausible. They got on video saying, oh, it's just so rational. It's so logical. It's the only conclusion because they can't think outside of uh, uniformitarianistic ideologies and slow and gradual geologic change that we covered earlier. Yeah, they yeah. But yeah, I think you can get this shirt online at framingtheworld.com. Right. Amen. Amen. Those uniformitarian basis, you know, every single one of their arguments, especially against the flood, okay, can be explained by the fact that no, it's not time, right? They, time is their God. Time is the hero of the, of the plot for their uh, evolutionary story. No, it's a process. And when you look to the global flood, it, it, you know, the exact conditions necessary to uh, explain a lot of their so-called challenges are are there brother so um okay here we go doki doki bible club asks what would you say to the christian who rejects evolution but doesn't want to give up an old earth and billions of years you know i, I would say the same thing that i'd say to evolutionists because old earth creationism teaches that dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago as well so Old Earth creationism is false. I mean, is that correct, Donnie? I would, I think they believe that dinosaurs died out millions of years ago too. 
Yeah, 65 million years ago. So, I mean, I'd use the same evidence uh, against older creationism. Even, even in genetic entropy, like we've been talking about, mutation accumulation puts what? Shelf lives on genomes. So if species cannot persist for what? Millions of years into the future, they could not have persisted for millions of years into the past. Okay, mutation accumulation demonstrates that biology is young and biology is reflected in the fossil record because we have fossils of extinct biological organisms. Okay, those biological organisms do not go back hundreds of millions of years. That's it. Mutation accumulation refutes uh, both evolution and, brother, old earth creation. So these old, old earth creationists need to get on board with, uh, with the science. So uh, this has been fantastic, Matt. Uh, time always flies by with you. You're a blessing, brother. You're doing some great work. Um, yeah, I want to hand it over to you for some final words, final thoughts. And thank you for uh, joining us in this Defending Genesis conference. Amen. Hey, thank you, brother, for the invitation. Uh, folks, I just want to end with uh, this. Uh, like I said, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, and we need to focus on the truth of God's word and learning God's word and spend less time on things that don't matter. We need to invest in the things that really do matter. Unsaved souls matter. I, I go to bed at night, like I said, sometimes depressed because I don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't even want my worst enemy to go to hell. So we need to really be sharp as Christians. And we need to spread this information, the truth of God's word, to the lost of the world. We need to get them saved, baptized, and teach them to observe all things that Christ commanded. Get them into church. Help them start winning others to Christ. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God and his salvation. So if you want God's power, don't be ashamed of his word. You know, Peter, the apostle, lost the power of God at one point in his life when he denied Christ. He denied Christ three times. He says, I don't know the man. He even swore. I don't know him. You know, we need to stand firm for the Lord. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. That's what the world needs. I really want to make that clear that the world needs people that stand for something true. And you'll find that abortionists and evolutionists, atheists, at least they try to stand for the crazy things that they stand for. So therefore, we as Christians should have no problem standing on what we know is true and preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so with that being said, Donnie, thank you so much for having me on. God bless. My pleasure. Well said. Beautiful final words, brother. Uh, thanks again, Matt. And to the audience, thank you so much for uh, being so engaged in, in these important topics. So we'll see you in about an hour and a half. This, again, was Session 9, Evidence for Creation. Great job, Matt. Uh, love it. Okay, guys, God bless. Donnie is out.